Family man Chet Ripley drives his family out to a lake resort in Wisconsin for a nice, quiet, relaxing vacation. What could possibly go wrong? Well, Chet's rich, arrogant brother-in-law, Roman Craig, shows up uninvited to surprise them and horn in on their vacation, much to Chet's irritation. What should have been a peaceful trip is now all-out war between Chet and Roman in one of the most underrated comedies of the late 80s, 1988's The Great Outdoors. I'm Connor Zagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. You're listening to Filmgasm. Happy Friday, listeners. This is our connector to Wednesday's Blair Witch Project episode, the connecting thread being evil camping and fun camping. The great outdoors, if you will. The Great Outdoors is a hilarious chapter in the filmographies of both John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, and it happens to be Annette Bening's film debut. Yeah. So let's get right into it. What was your experience with The Great Outdoors prior to the podcast? Great Outdoors is a classic, man. Oh, uh, like yeah. Like you said, it's, it's uh, one of those underrated 80s movies. One of the underrated John Hughes movies, I'd say. Yeah. You know, obviously Breakfast Club and 16 Candles and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but I, I really like Great Outdoors, man. I think Candy and Aykroyd have this uncanny ability to just match each other's weird energy and we didn't see it ever before this is the only time you know it's amazing that we didn't and you know john kenny dies six yeah. years later um uh, at fucking 43 years old it's terrible um i thought i thought he was just on gonna be on a tear you know throughout the entire 90s and it's just unfortunate but this is one of those golden pieces that you you watch and remember him uh yeah this movie's awesome there's definitely a reason we both we're both on the same page. Like, yeah, let's do great outdoors. Yeah, that's how, that sounds right. <laughs> Plus, it was such a pain in the ass to come up with something that worked for the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, just woods. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. this sounded like a great, I, a great excuse to talk about this movie. Yeah, just a counter, a total counter, yeah. a complete wacky comedy. You know, against yeah Blair Witch, a very serious, you know, self serious, uh, you know, found footage horror film. So yeah, just want to change it up a bit. <laughs> Oh, the great outdoors. I've I've had I had this movie on tape when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And then we bought it on DVD when we got a uh, John Candy collection that had The Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck, and this early 80s movie called Going Berserk. Okay. Which is so weird. It's Who's like, who's in that? Uh like who I don't other than John Candy, I don't remember. Yeah, nobody I, think else? Eugene, I think Eugene Levy. Okay. Okay. It's like 82, 81. It's like really early. He plays this like this unassuming uh guy who's about to get married and he gets hypnotized into acting like a complete asshole for some reason. It's been de- like a decade since I saw this movie, but it's really weird. I'll have to check that out, it's man. It's an off-the-wall thing to be in that collection. Well, the 80s are just full of these... <laughs> full of really random comedies. Yes, exactly. We've talked about actually one that I would say is right kind of in this, like, is The Burbs. Yeah. Is in that same, like, just, yeah. just kind of underrated 80s wacko comedies. And uh, I like The Burbs more than this, yeah, but I do the great outdoors say because Candy and Ackroyd, man, just stellar. Oh, they're they're fantastic. So yeah, I've been enjoying this movie with my family my whole life. Yeah, it's, it's one of our staples. It's so much fun. We watch it like we take it on beach vacations because it's one of the like wherever we go camping or something. Yeah, we just have it. Just makes sense. <laughs> fun to watch. The film stars comedy legend John Candy as Chet Ripley, Family Man. Candy was part of the ensemble of SCTV, sort of Canadian Saturday Night Live, Second City. Alongside such famous names as Catherine O'Hara, Rick Moranis, Eugene Levy, and Harold Ramis. He became known for his generous nature and talent for funny characters, quickly rising to one of the top comedy stars in the world by appearing in such films as 1941, The Blues Brothers, Vacation, 
Stripes, Splash, Volunteers, Little Shop of Horrors, Spaceballs, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, Home Alone, Cool Runnings, and of course, The Great Outdoors. Talk about a hell of a run. Incredible. Candy tragically died of a heart attack in 1994 at the age of 43, and we... We'll never stop talking about John Candy. He's going to live forever. Oh, yeah. Especially right here on film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The films he was involved in. Jesus Christ. Such a, for such a, a short amount of time. Great run. The film also stars fellow comedy legend and Oscar nominee Dan Aykroyd as arrogant Chicago douchebag Roman Craig. Just his name. Roman. I, I hate that name. Sorry to everybody out there named Roman. You got three minutes and $25,000? Investments, it's what I do. God. <laughs> Ackroyd was nominated for his performance in 1989's Driving Miss Daisy. He rose to the top of the 80s comedy scene thanks to his role in the first class of Saturday Night Live alongside John Belushi, Chevy Chase, Jane Curtin, Gilda Radner, Lorraine Newman, and Garrett Morris. He broke into film with his 1980 hit The Blues Brothers, past filmgasm topic, and appeared in such films as Trading Places, Ghostbusters, Spies Like Us, Chaplin, Coneheads, Tommy Boy, Gross Point Blank, Evolution, and of course, The Great Outdoors. He sets for a prize his role of Dr. Ray Stance in Ghostbusters Afterlife, set for release on July 10th of this year. Can't fucking wait. Finally, a proper Ghostbusters 3. Yes. And uh, again, incredible run. Dan Aykroyd's one of the funniest dudes who ever lived. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, the first time I saw him as a, like, when I was younger, was Tommy Boy, ah. Zelensky, and then you know, of course, you see Blues Brothers and all those, and da 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 da. So consistent, so consistently good. Every everything he does, whether he's on the screen for two minutes or or an hour, <laughs> he's awesome. He's so hard to like look away from. He's very compelling. Yeah. What's your favorite Ackroyd role? Ackroyd role. Honestly, I think it's Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Yeah. That's mine. Holy shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy Fuck shit. Yeah, man. I didn't think you'd say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I fucking love the, you know, just like popcorn, just crazy fucking yeah. you know, out of the blue <laughs> shit. I love that. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and then Zelensky. Zelensky, yeah. I love Zelensky. I- <laughs> Dominant supporting role. Just very little to work with, but he, oh, you, you remember every line. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. When he, when he gets together, <laughs> he says it so fast. He's like, send over, uh, you know, some flowers and a sack of, you know, pack of ice and tell me. <laughs> and he steals, steals Rob Lowe's girlfriend. Great. Yeah, so good. Use the bucket to ice down your marbles. Yeah, yes, there you go, guy. marbles, yeah. <laughs> ice down your marbles. Sometimes uh, you gotta tie a few factories to the tree and shoot them. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Your hands move quickly. Ah, only when they see what they want. <laughs> uh, we'll do Tommy Boy one day. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I you know I my first my debut with with Ackroyd was always, was Ghostbusters. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I saw that in Blues Brothers later. Tommy Boy, I just saw I saw I was so young because my brother, my older brother, was so obsessed with it. So we just had it on all the time. So I just watched yeah. that before I didn't even know who he was. You know? Oh yeah, it's a great movie. Ghostbusters has always been just part of my rotation. Mm-hmm. It's one of my you know I call it my tape movies. Yeah, I had on t- I had Tommy Boy too on tape, and um, it's just I love Ray because he's so excited yeah. the whole time. Like, Bankman could give a fuck. Egon's, you know, scientific, and Ray's just like, we're, we're finding ghosts. Yeah, like, he's just yeah. so happy to be a part of this. Amped, yeah. <laughs> I love his energy. Yes. It's perfect. <laughs> they need it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Stephanie Farisee plays Connie Ripley, Chet's wife. 
Pharisee has also appeared in such films as Sideways, Hocus Pocus, Flight Plan, Get Him to the Greek, and a ton of TV work. She's popped up all over the place for like 30 years. Yeah. Which is cool, because I never realized that she's the mom in Hocus Pocus or um, the uh, Cole Meany's wife in yeah. Get Him to the Greek. Yeah, you really need to see it on IMDb to put it all together. Yeah, I did yeah. that. When I was putting this together, I looked at Holy I saw shit. her on Get Him to the Greek, and I'm like, when the fuck was that? So I went to Netflix and went through the movie, and like, there she is! Yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Found her! <laughs> That's great. Crazy. And then we have Oscar nominee Annette Benning in her debut performance as Kate Craig, Connie's sister and Roman's wife. Benning is a highly accomplished character actress who has been nominated for four Oscars for her performances in 1990's The Grifters, 1999's American Beauty, 2004's Being Julia, and 2010's The Kids Are All Right. She's also appeared in The American President, Mars Attacks, Postcards from the Edge, Bugsy, Regarding Henry, and Captain Marvel. She's set to appear in the new Hercule Poirot adventure from Kenneth Branagh, Death on the Nile, set for release on October 9th of this year. Benning, again, incredible actress, has been oh around for a long time, never faltered, and I fucking love her in Mars Attacks. Yeah, she's amazing. She man. looks different in every film she's in. It's weird. But yeah, she's fantastic. <laughs> and in this, she's great. She's just such an arrogant... She, she matches wits with Dan Aykroyd perfectly. They, they are made for each other. Yes, yeah, she and she's she's gorgeous, man. I've always I've always loved. She's got a unique look, in that binning. You know, she's like you said, she kind of adapts and changes all the time. Right? Yeah, she's she's awesome, chameleon. Oh yeah, big time. The film was directed by Howard Deutsch, who also directed such films as Pretty in Pink, Some Kind of Wonderful, The Replacements, and a lot of TV episodes. Yeah, <laughs> the film was written by the king of the '80s teen scene, John Hughes, writer of The Breakfast Club. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, Weird Science, Mr. Mom, Vacation, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, and Home Alone, among others. Woo! Good Lord, this guy knew comedy. Yeah, this is one of those names that more people should know. I'm surprised they don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I assumed he was up there with the greats. I didn't... Yeah, yeah. Again, I think this is one of those guys you like have to see it to like, whoa, he did all that? Yeah. He wrote all of those? Yeah. Crazy, man. It's insane. Fantastic, yeah. Hughes suddenly died in 2009 at age 59 <coughs> from a heart attack, like out of nowhere. It was a yeah. huge, big shock. I remember that news. And yeah, his films, again, you know, have, they define an entire decade. Yeah. Oh, so great. The Great Outdoors has an IMDb score of 6.7, surprisingly low Rotten Tomatoes score of 40%. It was a box office dud, grossing only $43 million on a budget of $24 million, But it has since gained a cult following. Yeah. And I... I can't believe this wasn't a success. This I is know, so man. funny. I know, man. And, and right in the middle of yeah, when they're both John Hughes. at their height. Yeah, yeah. And it just went nowhere. I wonder why. Did it come out alongside something else? It came out in June, summer. Let's find out. I'll look it up as, as we keep going. Yeah. Here. So, the plot of The Great Outdoors. <laughs> so, we open on Chet Ripley, his wife Connie, and their two sons, 16-year-old Buck, 12-year-old Ben. They're on their way to a vacation in Pechagan, Wisconsin. And they're just, you know, they're they're a family. They're having fun. They, that song, Yakety Yak. Yeah. And they're just... Yakety Yak! Don't, don't talk back. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the tone perfectly. Like, oh, it, guys, it does. They're a fun... Get ready to get silly. Yeah. yeah. They're a fun family. They like hanging out. And 
Chet's a good father. He's a good husband. And they're just looking forward to a nice, quiet vacation. They get to the, they get to the lake. And uh, I love when they go into the, uh, the, uh, the check-in cabin or whatever. The, I don't want to say lobby. <laughs> it's, it's not a the lobby. <laughs> like it's this, yeah, five-star hotel. The horn that says, you know, for prompt service, blow me. I, I like that. <laughs> a little touch like that. Oh, man. The, weird, the guy's weird dog that has the porcupine quills. They go to their cabin and uh, they find like a fish in the shower, toilet seats out on the porch. And Chet and his wife start getting a little handsy. They start, you know, kids are at the lake. Might as well, you know, break in the vacation. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to play Smokey's brother, Horny. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Horny yeah. the bear. I love that. <laughs> And Roman, his brother-in-law, shows up with a video camera, starts filming it. Yeah. God damn. Just walks right in. Great introduction to his character, too. Like, right there, you just know total scumbag. Yeah, anybody <laughs> home? Yeah, this guy. Sheilana the Wood Temptress and Horny the Bear, Smokey's cousin. Oh, just the look on his face. <laughs> uh. So the Roman's family is his wife, Kate, and their two Twin daughters, Mara and Kara, creepy little, you know, shining twins. <laughs> no kidding, man. They're frightening. <laughs> and they're, and yeah. look nothing like what Dan Aykroyd into that Benning's offspring would be. <laughs> nothing. Like, he is not their father. No, no, no. <laughs> he no. is very clearly not their father. Yeah, yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I love this movie, but what the hell? Like, didn't even fucking try. <laughs> My God. Uh, so whenever uh, Great Outdoors came out on June 17th, 1990, uh, 1988. Yeah. Uh, June 15th, Bull Durham came out, which, oh, did, which did really well. There you go. But other than that, that's really it. And then June uh, 22nd, after that, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came. So it looks like it got lost right there in the middle of yeah. those two, uh, which happens. Yeah, it happens a lot in the summer. That's a damn shame. Yeah. But Again, I love. I really like these movies that fall through the cracks because they yeah. they tend to last longer. Mm-hmm. I never even seen Bull Durham. I do love Roger Rabbit though. I like Bull Durham. I like. I like it. Okay. I like Great Outdoors better. <laughs> no, yeah. I, that's tough. They're so different. A, I'm not a Costner fan. Like, at all. Me neither. I've given him so many chances, and yeah. I just can't do it anymore. I'm a big Susan Sarandon fan though. Okay. She's good in it. Yeah. I watched uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves a couple mm-hmm. days ago. I, I want so hard to like that movie. I liked it as a kid. Yeah. Now I'm just... Sorry, there was a bug. I just slapped myself in the face. <laughs> um, but yeah, Robin Hood's just, you know, every part of that film works except Costner. Yeah. He really brings that thing down so hard. <sighs> this guy. God and, you know, Christian Slater. I don't know why the fuck he's there, too. <laughs> All the Americans. Except Morgan Freeman. He, he does a great job. Yeah, Everyone he, else He's is, fine, yeah. <laughs> that's great I don't know there's things I like about it but that's for another time so the, the second like we get little bits of Roman's intro where he's like driving the Mercedes and he's got that Chicago music and the second we see in the very first line he says is Jet's gonna shit a solid gold brick yeah <laughs> he's I'm in such a crude piece of shit I love him <laughs> uh, so it's very clear they've, they weren't invited this is a surprise they decided to do this instead of going to Europe and Chet's like, oh, so the whole week you're going to be here. That's great. Yeah. All oh. right. He hates Roman with a passion. Yeah. <laughs> as as would I. Yeah. Most people hate Roman. He's a, he's a douche. 
He's an investment banker. He's a yuppie. They live in Chicago. And he just, Roman likes to make people know that he's, that he's on the, you know, he's on the upper crust. He's a one percenter. He likes yes. people to know, you know, that he's, he's the richest guy in the room. He's an expert in everything. He's one of those people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, Chet wants to hate him, but he also is like, huh, how do you make that kind of money? He wants to know how to make that kind of money. <laughs> Ultimate, I love, ultimate conundrum, yeah. I love when they're meeting on the... They have the... Uh, uh, they're talking about, like, what, is, what does he see out of the lake? And I'm trying to look up the quote of what Roman says. It's like, I see the under, underdeveloped resources of all these... Like, he just does, like, the most ridiculous shit. One sec, I'm going to find this quote. <laughs> Ugh, so great. <laughs> Um, but Chet, yeah, he just is like, you know, I see all this shit. I see all, like, you know, a factory, a <laughs> warehouse, like all this potential. And Chet's just like, what? I see trees. <laughs> yeah, I see some nature. No yeah. one ever accused you of having a grand vision. <laughs> just, fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> so he's gonna go put some hot dogs in the grill. And Roman's like, no, 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 like no family of mine's eating hot dogs when he's sharing my cabin. I love that little touch. My cabin. It makes up a bunch of lobster tails. Yes, yes. Just a one-up chat. <laughs> you know what the gourmet wanted? Hot dogs. You know what they make those out of, right? Lips and assholes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Disgusting. You can never look at a hot dog thing. <laughs> Lips and assholes. Yeah, it's kind of... I wouldn't say it's ruined hot dogs for me, but it, it, I, I am always thinking of that. You're like, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll eat this. What's another one? I've, I've had hot dogs my entire life. Suddenly, I'm right? Gonna be yeah. Like, <laughs> suddenly, it's going to change. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh my god! So the first night, they are uh, they have a um, they're like you know sitting around a campfire, and Chet tells a campfire story. Tells the story of a giant grizzly bear. I love that. <laughs> God, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) The man-eating grizzly bear that Chet met face-to-face in that very cabin when he was on his honeymoon. (laughs) Mormon just goes, big spender. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What a prick. (laughs) And he's describing this, you know, 10-foot tall grizzly bear that, you know, almost, almost killed him, like going through the window, and Chet shot at it with a rifle, and he's like, Oh, a gun couldn't kill a bear like that, but it shaved the buckshot shaved its head and it ran off. And they still tell tales of the bald headed killer bear. And he like throws his booze in the fire, scares the fuck out of them. Yeah. Roman says my grandpa's favorite line. So I'm like, I'm half drunk here, Chad. I don't need a blast of that ticker like that. <laughs> I'm half drunk here, Chad. I love that. Hey, it's so good that his name's Chet because it makes it the fact that yeah, I'm half drunk, Chet. Yeah. It's a great name. It's perfect. It's oh, John man. Hughes. He just knew how to tap into you know the funny shit. Yeah, just he little... knew exactly how to write these kind of movies. Yeah, it's so simple. It's just you know two families go camping, but they make it. He makes it into this great movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. All, I mean, Breakfast Club is simple as shit. Yeah. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is yeah. simple as Kids shit. Kid stays home from school. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 
Breakfast Club, kids in detention. Home Alone, kid gets left behind on vacation. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Super, like, basic, yeah, yeah like, ideas. Vacation. Fa- Chicago family goes on a drive across country. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Two guys are lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty they're much. All, yeah, they're, they're all, you know, you know. It's yeah. amazing what he can do with just a situation. Yeah, yeah. He's so good at it's that. It's about the journey, not was, the destination. Yeah. He's so good at that. Goddamn. He gives so many comedians so many great characters yeah yeah and then you know yeah. this guy like, invented clark griswold on his like relationship with john candy like john, uncle buck and and this and planes trains it's like that's really cool you know yeah. seeing that kind of camaraderie he clearly knew how to write for john candy oh yeah and john candy knew how to deliver his i mean i'll never you know that bit that's like made fun of a family guy from planes trains and he's like i'm the real article oh yeah that's like perfect like only john candy can, can pull that part off man like it's awesome yeah it's really, really cool. I wish we could have seen more movies with those two. Me too. It really Me sucks. I hate all the lost opportunities. Yeah, and just yeah, you like you want to see you want to see the people you love like fulfill their own dreams, and you know you're like ah, who knows what else they could have done, you know? Yeah, man. So now that everyone's freaked out by this grizzly bear story, <laughs> yeah, Chet and Roman have to go tell their kids like you know it's all a story. It's, it's all fine. Fake. It's fine. So Chet goes to his kids and says you know. It's just a story my dad told me and his dad told him. And it's fine, you know. There's no bear. Everything's going to be all right. He's being a dad. Roman <laughs> goes to his kids, says, good evening. <laughs> like he's at a board meeting. Yeah. Dude doesn't know how to talk to his kids. <laughs> all right. I'm going to lead. I'm going to read verbatim what he says to his kids because it's goddamn hilarious. Okay. Good evening. How's it going? <laughs> Listen, girls, uh, as your father, I feel it incumbent upon me to set the record straight on the validity of the tale which Uncle Chet shared with us this evening. (laughs) I know that a terrifying story like that coming from the mouth of a recognized authority figure could be traumatizing for kids like yourselves. I know that because I had a similar experience with my Uncle Roy in a story he used to tell. (laughs) But a family who went into the woods and was attacked by a band of escaped army psychiatric patients who had been subjected to violent Hellish, torturous behavior modification experiments. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it without laughing. It seems they escaped from the metal boxes the army kept them in, found his family in the woods, fell upon them, slaughtered them, and ate them. Now that story, whew, it gave me nightmares not to be believed. <laughs> well, I thought that Uncle Chet's story upset you in the same way. I'm here to say that there actually is no bear and that all that Uncle Chet was saying was just yarn spinning for our entertainment. And even if there were a bear out there, I'm in the house to protect you. So, uh, no more thinking about bears, all right? <laughs> no more thinking about unpleasant things. We're going to close our eyes and dream about nice things, about cuddly, soft, fluffy things, okay? Super. Good night. Sleep tight. Fucking hell, dude. That is, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Behavior modification. Yeah, experiment. yeah, that's my favorite part. <laughs> that's my favorite part. And without fail, the kids don't go to sleep at all. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, they indeed they indeed are the, the twins you see in The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, he's such a terrible parent. Oh, I love it. Good evening. We're thinking about bears. Okay. Nice. All right. (laughs) Fluffy. Uh, Uncle Roy. So, So, during the first night, family raccoons raid the garbage cans. And uh, 
the weird raccoon scenes are, I don't know why they made me laugh, but like they're talking about the super quality of the food. It's like there's a shitload of raw hot dogs. Super 80s, yeah. You know what they make those out of? Lips and assholes. <laughs> Even the raccoons. Yeah, they know. Chet has to clean up the mess the next morning. Next day, the family decides to go out on the lake for water skiing. Roman describes the remote northern woods location as God's country. Wants a speedboat. He says, my favorite line in the film, which might be my favorite comedy line ever, Uncle Roman's going to blow some coin on a kick-ass drag boat. <laughs> I've seen that on, on T-shirts. I've almost bought them. Oh, I've got to. I, yeah. I, I think I'm finally going to take that plunge. Blow some coin on a kick-ass drag boat. <laughs> and the boat they buy is called Suck My Wake. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. And uh, Chet tries to drive the boat and drives it right onto the dock. <laughs> and Roman just does this great, like, <laughs> super Chicago laugh at him. Uh Perfect gif, by the way. Yeah, they love that. <laughs> so it's Chet's teaching his kid how to water ski, showing him, you know, the ropes. Saying, "What do you do when you get run out when you get into trouble? Like, oh, the rope." And Roman's like, "Come on, <laughs> who's going? Are we doing this?" Yeah, come on. Chet waves him off, and Roman's like, "Oh, you're going. Oh, okay." He takes it as a signal, takes off. Chet's holding onto the rope, flies onto the like over the water. <laughs> That's great. He's just screaming, you bastard! And they're like, you say it faster! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So after that, Chet's like, I'm done. I can't do this. I can't spend a week with Roman. He starts packing. And his wife goes in and is like, no, come on, we're having a good time. You know, it'll be fine. And he's like, ah, all right, fine. <laughs> uh, so during all this, Buck, his older son, goes to the pool hall and uh, meets a local girl named Cammy. Starts romancing her. Honestly, I could do without this whole subplot. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, they just had to give him him something to do. I guess. Yeah, it's pointless and it doesn't go anywhere. No, I just would rather have more like, banter if, from yeah. Candy and Macroid. Like if she at the end came in and was like, "Oh, I can," you know, we're gonna save the the lake or some shit like that. And but they never do anything like that. Yeah, no, She's, no, she has no point in this movie. No, but uh, he gooses her with the pull cue. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, So they spark a romance, but meh, nobody cares. And uh, they they go to the check goes to the bear dump, which was funny. It's a I never heard of that term before this movie bear dump. Yeah, no, I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, I guess bears will navigate towards like the local dump and just try to eat shit. Yeah, yeah, makes and sense. people will go and watch, which sounds incredibly dangerous, including but, John Candy. Yeah. And he, it's like, you want to see some some bears? I'll show you some bears. And he gets yeah. out of the car and throws a Zagnut bar at the bears. And the bears start climbing on his car. Two of them. And everyone's looking at him like, oh, my God. He's just like, it's fine. It's fine. Just want some action. Tries to drive out. And they're still on top of the fucking car. Well, he says we should have brought Uncle Roman's car. <laughs> Funny. Funny stuff. Uh, they go to that party. Like the birthday party for the old guy who's dead. <laughs> Just really fucked up. Crazy scene. Yeah. One of the Romans like, I can't believe you turned down a female Elvis impersonator for this. Like personally, I'd rather see a 46 inch bus singing Burning Love. <laughs> 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 I 
I love him so much. Roman Craig never changed. What a line. God damn. <laughs> this movie has so many great lines. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Cammy and Buck hanging out. They're going to meet up. Buck says, like, if I ditch you, you never have to speak to me again. That's just a setup that Buck goes to his restaurant with his family, Paul Bunyan's something, and Chet inquires about the old 96er, this 96-ounce steak that if they if he finishes it, the whole family eats free. It's like one of those, you know, man versus food things. But I looked at, I've never been one for math, so I had to look up the 96 ounces. That's six pounds of steak. Yeah. That is. If you weigh 100 pounds and you eat a 96er, you are 6% steak. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck, dude. It's disgusting. So now we come to the age-old question that separates the men from the boys. Could you devour the 96er? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Look, I, 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 uh, look at me, man. No. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, I, I weigh about 130 pounds. <laughs> I think it would tear me, into, <laughs> tear me into shreds. I'm pushing 300, so frankly, I, I'd probably do it. You think you could? If I if I hadn't eaten for like a week, I could probably take down the 96er. I'd probably die, but I could do it. <laughs> I could I could eat the meat, but he has to eat the gristle. It's and not, I don't think I could do that. It's not about living, it's about finishing the steak. And I think I can do that. <laughs> I can't believe they make him eat the entire, every bit of that thing. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't make him eat the fucking plate. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> disgusting, that, that big old slob of fat. My favorite moment of that scene is when Roman has his his ear on Chet's belly. And he's just like, all right, it's processing nicely. You're good. You're good. <laughs> oh, my god. He's gosh. like his coach. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, I, you know, uh, there's there's a the Cheesy Jane's. Have you been to that restaurant? I remember that, yeah. And they do the Pounder Burger. That's a lot. I've done that, and you get, like, on a wall or whatever. And, like, that's a lot. That's a pound? Yeah. It's a six of those. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I was like sick that day. Yeah. Jesus. So I was like, I want to get in the wall. Cause they take your picture. If you finish mm-hmm. the burger and they put it on the wall and I was like, I want to be on the wall. I've often thought about that. You know, if restaurants that have those big, you know, giant food deals or you end up on the wall. And I thought I could probably do it. But then I thought, what are the consequences of this going to be to me? <laughs> because this is going to ruin my, a couple of days for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to feel right for a while. If I eat a fucking pound of burger. Or six pounds of steak. Jeez. Or like, you know, a giant fucking pizza. Like, yeah. It sounds cool in theory, but all you're doing is pushing yourself further to the grave. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Ugh. I love that they tell him, like, he's not done. Like, yeah, what do you mean? All that's left there is gristle and fat. And the guy just like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Those are some ounces, yeah. <laughs> and Jet's just like, ah, he looks so scared. And Roman says, like, all right, fine. If I can get a dessert down him, how about throwing in some t-shirts and hats for the kids? And the, they walk out and the kids wear t-shirts yes. and hats. Somehow he ate a dessert after all that shit. Oh, so great. So Buck, because his dad was eating a giant steak, didn't go to meet Cammy. I don't know why he didn't just clear out and say, like, I got shit to do. Yeah. He had to be there for this? Like, I really got to watch my dad eat 100 ounces of steak? Do we, yeah, do we really, yeah. Gosh, I love when they zoom into the freezer and there's this, like the glory that is the 96er. Jesus. They plop it down in front of him like it's a whole goddamn cow. Yeah. He just looks at it like, ooh. <laughs> Made an enormous mistake. Insanity. <laughs> He's eating little tiny bites. Yeah. <laughs> Snacking. 
I don't know why I love this scene so much. And this movie, this movie, man, it's just so. It's actually really weird. It is really weird. Fucking ninety sixer. So yeah, Buck doesn't meet Cammy, but it doesn't matter because she still talks to him at the end to say goodbye. There is literally, you take that out, nothing changes. In this I movie. just don't understand that whole really part. Bugs me. Day later, Chet gives his son a ring from that was his father's ring, kind of a family heirloom, and um, they go to the they go to the amusement park, and uh, this might be out of order. Ninety six or might have happened later. Whatever, we're in you know in for a penny in for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the amusement park. They go to the golf driving range, uh, go karts, and um, Roman hits a. Hits a drive, he drives it, and he hits a tree, and the ball bounces right back into Chet's face. Yep. Chet, uh, they go horseback riding. Chet's horse runs off, and he has to walk the whole path, and he just he shows up completely out of breath. It's just like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> Roman's like, what do you mean? We got a whole day planned. He's like, no, no, I'm going to have a nap. <laughs> he's just, he's about no, to die. No, no. <laughs> he looks so out of breath. I felt so bad for him. Ugh. <laughs> Connie and Kate bond at a bar where uh, Kate starts talking about the challenges of being wealthy. <laughs> Fuck you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she was just getting ready for her role in uh, American Beauty. Yeah. <laughs> God, she's so great in that movie. She is. She, uh, uh, have you seen The Kids Are All Right? Not yet. I own it. I'll let you borrow that, man. My, my God, she's great. Her and Julianne Moore. Oof. I love that you have all the random like Oscar nominated movies that I those missed, the ones I, I tried to, over the years. Those are the ones I try to buy. Like yeah. like that. Like that was nominated. She was nominated. Because those are the yeah those are the ones that are not going to be on Netflix. You know. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. The Kids Are Alright. It's really really fucking good. Mark Ruffalo is in it too. Yeah, it's an awesome movie. I heard that was the movie that rejuvenated his love of the of acting. He was about to quit. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he talked about that in his. It's uh, so special. That's inside, cool. it was a uh, iconic character for GQ. Uh-huh. Mark Ruffalo is about to quit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And he did Kids Are All Right, and he's like, you know what? I like doing this. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Good for him. Well, I, I bet he's glad he stayed on board, because then he got to join Marvel. and Yeah. And so did Annette Bening, yeah. literally. Yep. Well, who hasn't at this point? Yeah. I know. They keep grabbing like the best people. Yeah, they grab all these legends. Yeah. I wonder who's going to be next. Can't wait. Sky's the limit. Yeah, man. Ah. <laughs> so cool. So uh, they're talking about, you know... <laughs> Uh, Kate says the only way she can get any pleasure these days is by leaning against the spin cycle. <laughs> Connie is like, does that really work? <laughs> it's like, have you ever seen White or Whites? Damn. <laughs> Clearly not a happy marriage, either one. Oh, in no. the bedroom at least. No. <laughs> uh, there's a... <laughs> I almost forgot about this. It's not in the, the plot synopsis, but I love this scene where the bat shows up. Yes. And... Yeah. <laughs> Kate freaks out in the middle of the night. It's like, it touched me. And Roman's like, it was, it's been touching it for 12 years. You never freaked. <laughs> you never freaked. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a great line. Checkmate, Roman. God damn. <laughs> so yeah, they got attack like a bat's flying around and Chet and Roman dress up in like homemade armor and try yeah. to take this thing down and they beat it to death with a fly swatter. Seems like overkill. 
Yeah, I prefer the bat scene in uh, Black Sheep. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets caught in Chris Riley's hair. Oh, totally inspired by this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, that movie. The hell is it? It's Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. It touched my head. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love Black Sheep. Me too. Ugh. So, an argument starts after uh, Ch- Chet's trying to light a fire. Roman saying that that's not how you put the paper in. You got to twist it. It's twisted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like maybe I'm just trying to heat the flu. And Roman's like, "Oh, he's heating the flu." Like they're just jabbing at each other. <laughs> and uh, they start, you know, they start arguing, and uh, <laughs> somebody tells Roman to uh, like to blow it out his ass. Yeah, I think the uh, Connie says that to him. <laughs> They're acting like, does this mean we're not going to get a Christmas present from Uncle Roman? And he's like, what it means is I like to blow Uncle Roman out my ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so Roman then tries to cheat Chet into an investment deal saying, you know, I had a, I found an investment, great opportunity, and your name came up because you're family. And he lies to Chet about some uh, about a comment he made at his wedding calling him a crooked son of a bitch when he was drunk. And Chet, feeling guilty, gives Roman a check for five grand. And Roman's like, you know, ah. And he's driving away. Kate starts talking about family and how, like, oh, isn't it great we can forgive each other and that you, he's such a, you know, good, you know, brother-in-law that he would be in, invest with you like this. And Roman gets guilty, turns around, and admits to Chet that he's broke, that he hasn't been trading for two years. That yeah. he's cough- he gets coffee. Not gonna lie, it felt a little good to hear. Felt, him, felt great. Hear him say that. <laughs> oh, and before we get to that, another scene that this is not a very well written plot synopsis, leaves out quite a lot. The guy who is constantly struck by lightning. We gotta talk oh, about yeah. this. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, where's that been? It's not here. Huh. I'm on the IMDb version too. It's Me too. Here. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. I'm just following along here. Damn. Well, you know. We can't recite these from memory, obviously. We've done like over, you know, counting bonuses. We've almost done over 90 episodes. So, we, you know, we got to kind of, you know, get a little help sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they're just not that particularly well written. We got to deal with what we can find. And I noticed with comedies especially. They leave uh, yeah, they just don't care about the plot. So this guy has like bleached white hair. And uh, Roman asks him if he's doing some kind of neo-skunk thing. <laughs> I love that. And the guys, like, the bartender's like, no, he turned his his hair turned white because lightning hit him. He's like, how many times have you been hit? And he's like, 66, like, stuttering it out. Like, Jesus Christ. Can you survive 66 lightning strikes? No way. No, you can't. No way. God damn, this dude, this poor guy. I love that they're asking him, like, how's it going? He's like, well, well it, ain't, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't raining. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Jesus, oh, this man. guy's got to be just afraid for his life at all times. Look, there's a line for Roman has to go to the bathroom. Says he's gonna introduce Mister Thick Dick to Mister Urinal Cake. What an asshole! <laughs> Who says that? <sighs> Even Chet's like, dude, come on. Yeah, dickhead. <laughs> you prick. <laughs> uh, so, apologize for that segue. Roman goes back to Chet, tears the check, tells him he made up the story, and says, you know. That's why he came up here to try to get money from Chet. And Chet's like, I knew it. You, oh, he's pissed. Meanwhile, during a thunderstorm, 
lightning guy gets struck by lightning again. Yes. 67. The twins go missing. They fall into a, a mine shaft. And nobody can find the kids. So Chet and Roman go to look for them. Chet encourages Roman to finally step up and be a dad, help his kids. Chet goes to get a rope. Roman summons his courage, goes into the mine shaft, rescues his kids, climbs up. And uh, Chet, not knowing that they got out of the mine, goes back to the mine shaft, throws a rope down there, and who should be in there but the bald-headed bear from the story, of course. Classic. So he's hooks the bear, starts dragging the bear out of the mine shaft, comes face to face with it, and the bear remembers his ass and starts chasing him through the woods. I love it. That's a huge fucking bear. Giant. God. I wonder how they, like, did they really shave the bear? I don't know. Like, actually, yeah, like an actual live bear. Is that bear, a bear? Right? Is that a guy in a costume? I, yeah, I think so at the end, yeah. At the end, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope but, so. But then it looks good there at the, before, I don't know. I have no idea. I hope they didn't shave a bear. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> fuck. But then again, you know, with these, some old movies, they, the uh, Humane Society wasn't exactly. That's true. They didn't have that kind of deal yet. Mm. A lot of shit went unnoticed. And a lot oh, yeah, no movies. internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We don't know. Look it up. Find out. <laughs> Let us know for once. <laughs> for once. <laughs> we can't be telling you everything. Tell us some shit. So Chet makes it back to the house. Everybody's all, you know, happy and making sandwiches. And Chet's just like, Big Bear! Big Bear! <laughs> Big Bear chase me! He's screaming. The bear knocks the wind, knocks the door down. And everyone's, you know, oh my God, giant bear. Nightmares are coming true. And uh, Roman grabs a fire poker, tries to challenge the bear. The yeah. bear stands up on its hind legs. And it's like 10 feet tall. And I love Roman's like, <gasps> making yeah. this like okay. terrified face. Like he's going to do shit with that fire poker. <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, the uh, the one guy who runs the place shows up with a rifle, the, the uh, rifle lamp from earlier. And the guy's like, what are you doing with the lamp? He's like, it's loaded. <laughs> Chet grabs the gun, aims at the, the bear's ass, and blasts the fur right off this thing's ass. And I hate that part, honestly, because the bear is screaming, and it makes yeah. me feel bad. Yeah, me too. Aw. Kind of weird, yeah. Yeah. The bear runs out of the cabin. He's, you know, screaming for bloody murder. Yeah. His family's fucked this bear up twice. His ass is shot off. Yeah. Oh, poor bear. No head, no ass. No, oh, man. Jeez. <laughs> Next morning, the family's part on good terms. They've reconciled. They share how the vacation was actually kind of fun. And Roman's last words to Chet are, race you home. <laughs> and he's like, ah, race me home. What did he mean by that? And Connie's like, it's just for a few weeks until he gets his feet on the ground. He's like, what? <laughs> no. Like, he's not getting the spot in the garage. We got to move. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, yeah, Roman's going to move in with them. I wouldn't mind, honestly. I wish they'd kind of done a sequel to see oh like, my God, yeah. them just living. And I want I wanted to open up with them competing for the parking spot in the garage. <laughs> the beginning of Great Outdoors 2 is them, like, yeah, pulling up, which continues right off. You know, considering this was John Hughes and this, like, all of his stuff takes place in Chicago, I would have had their neighbors be the Griswolds. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, that would have been fucking hilarious. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Missed opportunity there. Oh, damn shame. <laughs> yeah. And uh, closing credits feature Roman dancing up a storm, 
to uh, Wilson Pickett's Land of a Thousand Dances. Yep. And if you look, there's a couple of the songs in the credits that are listed as being performed by Elwood Blues. Oh, really? Yeah. I never, I haven't noticed that. The Elwood Blues Review. That's awesome. How fucking cool is that? I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And after the credits, there's another scene with the fucking raccoons talking yes. about how the bear yes. got his ass blasted. Ah, bald on both ends now is what they say. Poor bear. Poor bear. Funny as hell movie, though. I, yeah, I love it. I give this, Great Outdoors, solid nine. Hilarious movie, never fails to crack me up. Yeah, I give it a big, big old eight. You know, I just, I, yeah, solid. Consistent. <laughs> Gonna keep watching it forever. Oh, absolutely. I can talk about it all day. Yeah. Well, that's it for today, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if you missed it, check out our episode on the Blair Witch Project this past Wednesday. Next week is our one-year anniversary redo on The Shining. It's shaping up to be an epic celebration of all things filmgasm, as well as a proper deep dive into one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Don't miss it. Now, if you'll excuse us, Austin and I are going to head up to Wisconsin to blow some coin on a kick-ass drag boat. See you next Wednesday. Mm -hmm.